I absolutely love golf. It is my favorite. So, I mean, I love all sports, but I, there's nothing more that I love to play than to play golf. There's nothing better than getting up early in the morning and the sun's out, you know, and the smell of a golf course and just the beautiful sights of perfectly manicured lawns and just getting out with a couple of guys and just the competition and all that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. But if you've ever played golf, you know something, that 90% of golf is between your ears, right? You, you could have all the golf shots you want to. You could be amazing swinging, all that kind of stuff on, on a practice range. But if you can't get it together in your head, you're never going to be able to play well. This past Sunday, I, was happen to, I just happened on, on a golf tournament on TV. And I caught the very end of it. And, and they were interviewing the guy who won the tournament. And, and this guy had, had had a kind of a rough start to the tournament. Day one, day two, wasn't playing all that great. But then on Saturday and Sunday, he shot a 61 and a 63, which are unbelievably low scores. Right? And so the person interviewed him, and they said, listen, you, you've been on the tournament for years and years. You've been around for a long time, right? And you, you played unbelievable. Is it surprising to you that you've only won three times? This was just your third win. And it was funny because the guy kind of laughs a little bit at the camera. And he's like, you know, my, my coach tells me all the time, he says, listen, you are physically blessed, but you are mentally deficient when it comes to golf. Like he's like, I'm a head case sometimes on the golf course. So although I'm really good, I can't always keep it together. And I can relate because when I get on a golf course, there's plenty of times where I just fall apart because I just start thinking about the wrong things. It's kind of sad because as I began to think about it, I realized, man, for many of us, we have the exact same problem. We're walking around life and we're struggling between our ears, right? The things that go on in our head are, are what are causing us the biggest problems. And Paul is going to talk to us today about something that I think has the potential to transform our life, maybe like nothing else. I know I say that sometimes when I say what we're going to talk about could impact your life, but I guarantee what we're going to talk about specifically can challenge and transform your life today if you could get a hold of this principle. I encourage you to turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. As you're turning there, just a reminder that we're in our Bible reading plan, so if you've gotten off course a little bit, just jump right back in. Tomorrow we'll be posting on social media what our reading is for this week. I'm just going to read this one verse to you, though. It says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you don't just call us to something out there in the future, but God, your truth can impact our today. And I pray that the truths we talk about today will truly transform our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, Paul, as we've talked about throughout the book of Philippians, he is writing this group of believers that he loves. He's encouraging them. They're, they're struggling. They're going through hard circumstances, right? And Paul is writing to lift them up. And what Paul does here in this verse is he challenges them about their thought life. Why does he do this? It's because Paul understands something that's absolutely critical to our lives. And it's our big so what for today. We always say this, so what? What's the point of this thing? We're going to start there today. It's this. Your thoughts matter more than you think. Your thoughts matter more than you think. And we all know, we have a lot of thoughts, right? We all have lots of thoughts. My mind's going all the time. It's constantly, sometimes I can't sleep because my mind's just going, go, 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 go. Scientists will say this, that we have somewhere between 6,000 and 50,000 thoughts a day. And some of us more thoughts than other thoughts, but that doesn't matter, right? Our minds are going all the time. The question I want to ask you, I want you to think about is, 
How often do you think about what you think about? How often do you take an inventory of the things that are going on in your mind? I would guess for most of us, we don't really, we don't really think about what we're thinking about. We just do. We just carry on. In fact, uh, scientists tell us this, that, that somewhere between 90 and 95% of the thoughts that you're going to have today are the same as the thoughts you had yesterday. I mean, some of them make sense. You know, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm tired, I got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. For me, it's like, where can I find a cold stone? I'd like some ice cream. Whatever the thoughts are you have, we have similar thoughts every single day. But the sad reality and the scary thing is, is that they also tell us that 80% of the thoughts that we have are negative. So what does that mean? It means that the majority of our time is spent regurgitating the same negative thought patterns day after day after day after day. And we are literally destroying ourselves from the inside out. My guess is when I talk about this that some of you know exactly what I'm saying. You understand this because there are thoughts that go on in your head, and you know this every day you're thinking the same destructive thoughts. Maybe you have negative thoughts about yourself, some things that have been spoken into your life, and you're just constantly telling, you're not good enough, you're not enough, you know, you're too skinny, I'm too fat, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too whatever. I don't know. You have those negative thoughts. Maybe, maybe you have negative thoughts about the life, like I can't stand my job, I can't stand my boss, I can't stand this, whatever. These negative thoughts that run through your head. Maybe it's thoughts about others. I mean, my wife, I can't believe this. My husband, she's doing this, whatever. All these kind of things. You, you have these thoughts. Or maybe it's thoughts about the world around us. Man, I can't, what's going on in our world? I, I don't know what to do. I, don't, I like this. I'm passionate about it. Whatever it is. We have these thoughts about the world. And sometimes these negative thoughts can even go toward God, right? You say, God, where are you? I don't like this. I'm mad at you. I'm frustrated at you. We can have these negative thoughts, and they go in our minds over, day after day after day after day. Why does this matter to us? Because your thoughts are constantly shaping you. There's a book by Tommy Newberry called The 4-8 Principle. I would encourage you actually to check it out. It's a, it's a really powerful book. There's a lot of things that I think would take this even further. I may share some more of those thoughts in the future. But, but he says this in his book. He says, the secret conversations you hold in the privacy of your own mind are shaping your destiny little by little. And the, the word that really matters in here is, is that they are shaping your destiny. Not that your thoughts may shape your destiny, but your thoughts literally are shaping your destiny little by little. But whatever you think, they are doing something, whether for good or for bad, it is shaping you in some way. And the question is, well, what does that look like? How does that flush itself out? Now, we know that the, the thoughts that we have impact us emotionally. I know this because we got a lot of Vikings fans out there, right? Right? And the thoughts you have about your Vikings and every time they, they, they hurt you and they disappoint you, you think about, I'm so frustrated, I'm so mad, and you can get yourself into an emotional funk for an entire week over a bad loss. Like, I get it. I see it happen, right? And so we know this, that our thoughts can, can impact us emotionally and mentally, but it's so much more than that. Your thoughts can impact your physical health. Scientists say this, that the, the thoughts we have have chemical impacts in our bodies. I think the easiest thing to talk about is when you, when you talk about stress. And I'm not talking about a physical stress. I'm talking about mentally. There's things in your life, and it causes your mind to go over and over. And many of you have experienced this. Maybe your blood pressure goes up. You can't sleep, right? Uh, you're frustrated by things. Maybe there's just tension in your body. I know for me, I have Crohn's disease. And, and there's times where I'll go through episodes where I'll have just problems with my body. And every time that happens, guess what's happening? I'm experiencing a season of stress. 
Stress does that to us. Those thoughts that we have can have an impact on our physical bodies. But it's more than just that. Your thoughts can impact your relational health, for good or for bad. Think about it. If I've got a spouse and all I'm thinking about is all the negative things about the spouse, do you think that relationship's going to go well? No, right? Your thoughts impact the way that you relate with other people. But it's more than just relationships. Your thoughts impact your spiritual health, your spiritual health. Ultimately, the relationship you have with God, the things that are going through your mind will impact how you relate with God. And so we come back to our big so what is your thoughts matter more than you think. Jesus made this so clear to us. Remember when he talked about about our thoughts and he said, listen, it's not just your actions. It isn't just your actions that matter. It's the things that go inside of your mind that matter because your thoughts ultimately shape who you are, what you value, and what you do. One of my favorite passages is in Romans chapter 12. It's a great passage. I encourage you to read it sometime. But Romans chapter 12, beginning of verse number two, it says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So don't do things like everybody else does. So don't, don't do that, he says. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to be changed. You need to live differently. How? Because your mind changes. What you do changes. And this is what Paul is going to say to us here this morning. He's going to say, listen, I know it's not natural. This isn't the way that everybody else does things. But listen, if you want to be a follower of Christ, if you want to live in the kingdom of God, if you want to do things the way God has prepared for you, he desired for you, listen, he wants good for you. If you want to experience that good, you've got to have your mind transformed. You've got to think differently. And Paul's going to give us just a, a real clear understanding of how we go about doing this. I want to read to you Philippians 4, 8 again, just so you have this in your minds. It says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul's saying, listen, you want to know what you should think about? If you want to experience all this goodness that God has for you, if you want to experience this, a life that is so much better than everybody else who's just going with the crowd, doing whatever is normal to them, if you want to experience that, this is the kind of stuff you should think about. And I kind of want to flip this this morning because I think it's easier for us. Is it like, what, are the, what are the things we're thinking? When we have a thought come through our mind, what are the questions we should be asking ourselves? And I want to take each one of these and I want to kind of flip the way we talk about it. When you have a thought, here's the thing that Paul would say. You need to ask yourself, first, is it true? Are those thoughts that I'm having, is it true? Now, this word true that we have in here, uh, it's referencing whenever Paul talks about truth, he's talking about truth in relationship to God. God is the ultimate truth, and the, and the truth is found in his gospel. And so you have to ask, is it true? Is this thought come under the authority of God? Does it align with his gospel? If it doesn't, Paul would say, don't think about that. Don't do that to yourself. Second question, is it noble? Is it noble? Now, this word noble is actually a sacred word. It's a, it's a spiritual word, and it's talking about things that are honorable, things that are worthy of respect. He's saying, when you have that thought in your mind, yes, is it honorable? Is that thought honorable? Is that something other people would say, man, I respect him because of that type of thought? If it isn't, don't think about that stuff. The third one, is it right? This is very similar to the word true. Is it right? But it really means, is it righteous? Is this the kind of thing God has said you should think about? If it isn't, get it out of your mind. It's very similar. The next word, is it pure? 
It's an extension of this idea of right. It's something that isn't corrupted, isn't tarnished in some way. Instead, this is a pure thought. Is that thought you're having pure? If it isn't, Paul would say, get rid of it. Don't think about those things. Now, I'm going to stop here for a moment because there's actually a pivot that takes place in this verse, and we don't really see it in our language. Uh, But these first four words are real kind of, you might say they're spiritual type words, they're sacred type words, and we talk about true and noble and right and pure, these kind of things. But the next several words that we talk about are not that way. You know, I think in the, in the church, a lot of times we'll talk about things that are Christian and things that are secular. If you grew up in the, in the church in any way, I'm sure when it comes to music, there's Christian music and there's secular music. And we kind of create this divide. And I think at times some people like, well, 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 if I'm a Christian, so I just, what do I do? I like float around on a cloud all the time. And I'm just like, oh, I'm only pure and all these things. And I can only say certain Christian things and sacred and spiritual things. Is that, is that what I do? And, and Paul, Paul's going to say, no. It's not just that. It's not like you're just sitting caught up in a cloud and you're no good to anybody. No. The next four words are actually Hellenistic Greek words that have nothing to do with spiritual things. And I think that's an encouragement to us because not all the things we think are always just these great high and lofty spiritual thoughts. No, he says, is anything lovely or admirable? These are just broad words. You're basically saying, is it something that like, people would consider lovable? Is it admirable? I think we'd be like, yeah, that's a pretty good thing. You need to ask yourself, if the thoughts you're having aren't something that you think other people would admire, you should probably chuck it. Like, don't think those things. That's not helping you. It's actually hurting you. You don't even realize it, but it's hurting and damaging yourself. The last thing is, is it excellent or praiseworthy? I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when other people fail because I'm still broken, it makes me feel better because I don't feel as broken. You know, but unfortunately, what we can do is we can focus on other people's failures, other people who are doing bad because it makes us feel good. What you don't realize is you are damaging yourself. That isn't excellent. That isn't praiseworthy. You need to focus on things that are excellent. Focus on things that are praiseworthy, that other people would say, that's awesome. Why? Because it lifts you up to a higher place. It causes you to have hope. It causes you to think of goodness, not destruction, right? This is what Paul's saying. You need to think about the things you're thinking about. Because unknowingly, your thoughts are leading you somewhere. Your thoughts are impacting you. They are shaping who you are. What are you thinking about? Is it these things? Great. Think about it. Just keep on thinking about it. But if it isn't these things, check it. You need to get rid of this thing. Change the way you think. I want to illustrate it this way here for us this morning. Uh, This, we'll just let this this thing of water here, this vase, be our understanding of our thoughts. This is what our thoughts like. And Paul's saying, listen, I think your thoughts should look like this. This nice, pure water. This is what you need. This is what's going to make your life better. It's not about like I'm trying to put restrictions on your thought life. I'm trying to tell you what's going to help you the most. Whether you follow Christ or not, if you follow this pattern, you're actually going to have a better life. This is what you want. But too often, you and I walk around and we do other things. We we say, you know what, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's true. This is actually a lie, and we allow lies that have been told to us work their way into our lives. And suddenly, rather than believing the truth anymore and believing what God says about us or what, you know, what, what the Word says or what's the gospel, instead we fill ourselves with this disgusting lies, and it starts to tarnish who we are. And other times, instead of thinking about what's noble, 
and thinking about, you know, things that, that other people would respect. Instead, we're, we're thinking things that are disrespectful to other people. A little dill in there. You like that? How many like the sweet relish? Blech. Gross, right? And sometimes, rather than thinking about what's right and, and preferring truth and, and all those kind of things, instead, we do things that are unrighteous, that we know are unrighteous, and, and it starts to tarnish who we are, right? And it starts to change our thoughts, and our minds begin to get destroyed in different ways. And then, and then we, we, instead of thinking about what's pure, we start to think about things that are corrupt, and, and it starts to change us, and we get some little chunks in there. Ooh, it's chunky, chunky, Ugh. Oh, I just got my shirt dirty. That's gross, right? And, and we started having that kind of stuff, and, and we need to kind of stir this thing up because it's starting to look really yummy. And this is what our thought life becomes. Instead of thinking about the things that we should be thinking about, we start thinking about this disgusting stuff, and it's causing us problems. It's hurting us. It isn't hurting anybody else. Instead of things that are lovely and admirable, we look for the ugly, and we fill it up, and oh, our minds, mmm. Some of you want to taste this thing, don't you? A little ranch in there. How many of you like ranch? Put a little ranch in there. That tastes good, right? Uh, or, or then rather than having things that are excellent or, or praiseworthy, instead we get the Hershey syrup, right? The Hershey syrup, and it starts filling our lives up, and we fill this thing up, and oh, yeah, look at that thing. Mmm, that smells. Listen, I, I, I know we don't have scratch and sniff technology when it comes to TV right now, but I really wish you could smell this right now. This smells amazing. You should come take a sip of this, right? I don't, no, I'm not going to do that. That's disgusting. But this is what Paul says. Is, listen, God's desire for you is health in your thought life, and this is what you're doing. This is what you're filling yourself with this junk, and you wonder why you're struggling in life. You wonder why things aren't going well. You wonder why your relationships are bad. You wonder why you're struggling with God. You wonder why even yourself, you're self-destructing. It's why? Because your thoughts are killing you. You are destroying yourself from the inside out. Day after day after day after day, the same destructive thoughts. He said, you don't do that. Don't do that. So how are we supposed to respond in this? See, there's a verse that we find in 2 Corinthians Chapter 10, it's a verse that I, that I think is very powerful for us and, and will speak to us right now. Paul is writing a group of believers, and, and he's trying to give, talk about a weapon that they have available to them. It says this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war, war as the world does. We, we don't do things like everybody else does. We said that earlier. We, we don't do that. That's not how we operate. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Here's what he says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And hear this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How do we, how do we transform our thought life from this putrid thing into something that is pure? Here's what you do. Every time you have a thought, you take that thing captive. And you make it obedient to Christ. Every time you have a thought, you say, no, is this true? Is this noble? Is this right? Is it pure? Is it these things? If it isn't, I'm going to throw it out. Or I'm going to change and shape this thought into a way that it is in submission to his authority. 
I want to get really practical for us and say, okay, what does that look like? How are we supposed to do that? I want to start by saying this, that you got to know Scripture. The reason why we're so, we so are passionate about getting in the Word of God and knowing what the God of, Word of God is, says is because if you don't know the Word of God, then you don't know how to take those thoughts captive, and, to, and you don't know when thoughts you have are contrary to His Word. So it's so critical to know the Word of God. Uh, but again, I want to get really practical here for a moment. So I want to talk, how does this impact how we think about ourselves? How does it impact how we think about ourselves? Here's what happens. Throughout your day, you're probably going to have a thought that's a lie. Maybe somebody has spoken into your life. You're not good enough. You can't do this. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You're on your own. Nobody values you. See, if you're going to operate this way, if you're going to take every thought captive to be obedient to Christ, what you do is you take that thought and you say, that's not true. That is not what the word of God says about me. Instead, you, you take that thought, you make it, subject to Christ, and you say, no, what does God say about me? He says that he loves me. He gave his very life for me. He says that I'm a new creation, right? He says that I am adopted as, a, and as I have surrendered my life to Christ. I am adopted as a son or a daughter of the king. Like I have an eternal future in store for me. That's the truth. And I'm gonna take these thoughts captive, these ones that are destroying me, and instead I'm gonna replace them with thoughts of truth, right? How does this play out? How is this practically work its way out in relationship with others. I want to talk about your marriages. There's a, there's a quote out of the, the book, The 4-8 Principle, and it says this, as relentlessly as you may try, you cannot think one thing and experience something else. See, here's the problem in our marriages. A lot of us, are, we've, we've got challenges going on in our marriage, and here's what we do. We think about, oh, I'm so frustrated with my spouse. Can't stand that they do this. I think that thing that they do, it annoys me all the time. All we do is think about the negative things. Guess what happens? There's no way for you to have a healthy relationship with them when you're thinking that way. It's corrupting your relationship. You're actually making things worse rather than making things any better. And if we're going to take that thought captive, then what we do is we say, okay, God, I want to, I want to take those thoughts and I want them to be according to your purposes. So rather than looking at my spouse the way I'm feeling right now, I'm going to look at my spouse the same way you have looked at me. And the fact that I annoy you, I've done things wrong, I've messed things up, I sin, I fail, I do those things, and yet you have chosen to love me selflessly. You've forgiven me when I didn't deserve it. And in turn, I'm gonna choose to, to serve, to love, and to forgive my spouse. I'm gonna think of the value that you've placed on them. I'm gonna think of their eternal worth. That's what I'm gonna think about. I'm gonna focus on the good, the honorable, the lovely. I'm not gonna focus on the bad. I'm gonna focus on the good. I guarantee you, you begin to think that way, it's gonna change your marriage. And it's going to change your relationship with a boss, with a family member, whoever it is. It can transform those relationships. Lastly, I think this can impact how we think about God. Because I've quoted this before from A.W. Tozer. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Why? Because the way we perceive, the way we think about God impacts how we approach him, how we relate to him. And so the challenge for us is that we would let go of the way we're thinking. Instead, we begin to think as, as Scripture teaches us. When we begin to think God doesn't really care about us, no, we shift that. We say, no, it says that he knows every hair on our head, and therefore I approach him differently. When we say God has forgotten about us, no, we say, no, he knows me. He loves me. He cares for me. We change the thoughts that we have. And as we begin to do that, it ultimately produces a healthier relationship between the two of us. You see, your thoughts matter more than you think they do. At every moment of every day, your thoughts are shaping 
yourself. They are shaping your relationships. It's shaping your physical health. It's shaping the ultimate destiny of your life. What are you doing with your thoughts? Challenge that we've had from Paul is what? We would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we would take captive every thought. That we wouldn't just operate like everybody else does, think like everybody else does, but instead we would put ourselves in alignment with God and his authority. A few years ago, I knew a woman, and I watched her for about a decade. And the first time I met her, she began to spew all this stuff, and she was mad and angry and all this kind of stuff. And you could tell her mind just, she couldn't get out of it. All she was thinking about how mad she was about these certain circumstances that had happened. And I watched her for about a decade. And in that time, you know what happened? I watched her age faster than anybody else I knew. I watched her get angry and, and bitter and hate-filled. I watched her stall spiritually and actually revert back. I watched all this. She was destroying herself. Why? Because she couldn't get past the mind. All she could do was focus on the negative things that she was so mad about. You know what? There's some of us that are watching that probably have the same challenge. Or we might not be to the level that she was at, but I guarantee you some of us are regurgitating the same negative thoughts over and over and over again. We're believing the lies. We're believing what people have spoken over our lives. We're self-sabotaging our relationships because of what we're choosing to focus on. We're sabotaging our relationship with God because we're not focusing on the truth. And the challenge that we have is to say no. Would we instead think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about that stuff. Let that be the thing that gets your attention. This isn't a message where I'm going to leave you with a, uh, some, some heartfelt moment. This is a very practical thing. And so I want to give you a very specific challenge. And this is what we're going to look at. The challenge for you this week is, is take inventory of your thoughts. Take inventory of your thoughts. Think about what you think about. You may want to do this one time. You want, may want to do it each day this week. You may want to do it a couple times throughout the day, right? Maybe at every meal, you stop and you think about what you've been thinking about. And based on that, you have to ask yourself the question, does it come in alignment with these things? If it doesn't, chuck it. Let's allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our mind as we begin to think differently. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I believe that as we do that, you are going to see transformation in your life like never before. I pray for you. Father, we thank you so much that you do speak to us and you want to impact our lives today. God, I pray for every single person out there, Lord, that the, the thoughts that are running through their mind, that Father, that, that we would begin to, to pivot toward you, that we would begin to submit those thoughts to you, that you would be glorified, that you would be honored in our minds. God, that we would be reminded that you desire good for us you desire what is best for us. You're not trying to hurt us. You're not trying to give us limitations. You are trying to, to give us blessing. And so, God, I pray, rather than this garbage that we so often fill our minds with, God, I pray that there would be life. Thank you for that, Jesus. Help us this week to live differently because of you. pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to challenge you this week. Don't do this. Don't allow this to be the focus of your life. Allow the life and the hope of Christ to to enter into your thoughts this week. If you've uh, maybe 
watched this morning, but you've never explored what a relationship with Jesus even looks like, what faith is, I'd love the opportunity to connect with you. If you do me a favor, you just uh, shoot me a quick email, click and send to faith at zchurch.org, faith at zchurch.org. I'd love the opportunity to connect with you, to help you on this journey of faith and support you in that. Well, in a moment, I'm going to have our missionaries come up, and we're going to get to talk a little bit about what they've been doing so you get to learn more about who we support. Uh, But at this time, we just want to take a moment to worship one more time together.